Okay, we are back for our special fantasy football edition of the 615 Collector. Welcome everyone to the show. My name is Doug Turner. My partner is Brandon Turner. We've got a, as we said before, special edition of the show planned for today as the NFL season is getting ready to get underway, or I guess it officially did last night with the game between the Bills and the Rams, but we thought we'd take some time to have a little fun and talk about our fantasy picks for the upcoming season. Some of the players we think could be sleepers, busts, you know, all that kind of stuff, because we haven't really spent a whole lot of time talking much football so far. So it's because no football's on. Well, yeah, but you you got to you know you do it in advance. You prepare. Get, get do it early, right? So are you ready? You got you got some some picks, some sure. sleepers, and some busts. Some good some hot takes. I don't have any hot takes. You don't have any hot takes. All right, well, we're going to look at like some of the – figured what we'd do is look at some of the average draft positions in fantasy leagues for a lot of the different players. We'll look at kind of how that compares to some of those players' card values. We may even start – I, I kind of got it together, so I'm still debating whether we actually do it or not, but a fictitious card portfolio that we may track throughout the season. Talk about how we're putting that together and what the rules for that will be. That would be – thought that might be kind of fun. But anyway – Here's here's the average the rankings. I'll go like maybe the top twenty, give or take. But so the average draft position of, of the players. Number one is Jonathan Taylor, running back for the Colts. Then you got it's a lot of it's running back heavy at the top. Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, then Cooper Cup was a wide receiver. Then Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, Josh Allen, his first quarterback at number eight. Joe Mixon, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Alvin Kamara, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Nick Chubb. Devontae Adams, Stephen Diggs, and on, on and on goes Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Debo Samuel, Justin Herbert, so on and so forth. A couple of surprising ones. I was looking at, the, like, Saquon Barkley went number 22. I mean, he's a stud, but he hasn't really done much since he's gotten into the league. He's had a lot of injuries he's had to deal with. Not had a great team. James Conner in Arizona went number 24 on average. Uh, Tyree Kill, number 30. That shows you how, in in the past, I'm pretty sure he'd be top 10 on average, so he drops to 30 average draft position. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, running back for the Cowboys, dropped to 33. So a lot of running backs went ahead of him. That one I'm a little surprised at, like James Conner in Arizona ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know. Not I, I wouldn't do it that way, but teach his own. Uh, Josh Jacobs as well, running back for the Raiders number 36 on average i'd put him ahead of several running backs that are ahead of him i I think i would have drafted him earlier than that i think i did actually i think i have him on one or two of my teams who else marquise brown number 67 dk metcalf there's another one who lost his quarterback probably would be a top 20 pick on on normal but seattle has you know doesn't have Russell Wilson anymore, so now DK Metcalf fell to 59 on the average draft position. Um, Allen Robinson, there's a blast from the past. You know he was a stud receiver in Chicago for a while, and in the last two years he's just fallen off the map. He's now with the Rams, but he's at number 53. I'm not sure. You know if he was his old form, that would be probably a steal, but. Now, I don't know if that seems a little high. Then you have some, I'm not going to mention all these names because some of these are going to be some of the sleepers we're going to get to. But where's the first, I think the first defense is in 75 with the Bills. Bills is a good, that's a good pick. 75 seems a little high to go for defense, but probably wait till later rounds. But anyway, so yeah, so talking like strategy. So first thing, 
I would say is, you know, strategy had this year was targeting running backs first, which you can see from these average draft picks. Run a lot of running, very running back heavy. The top 10, seven running backs in the top 10, which makes some sense because it's a shallow position. There's not a lot of good ones. And depending what kind of league you're in, you're going to have either two or three, most likely running backs and a shallow position. So you want to try to get those early. I actually, you know, there's plenty of good, a lot of people try to go a quarterback early. So you did see, you know, what quarterbacks we had at the top of the list. Josh Allen was number eight. Then who was the next one? Patrick Mahomes, number 14. Those two make a lot of sense. Herbert at 21. Those are the first three quarterbacks. And then Lamar Jackson at 29. I think those were the first four quarterbacks off the board. That order of quarterbacks makes some sense. However, I don't think I would reach for a quarterback in the first round. There's plenty of good quarterbacks that you can get that are going to give you good fantasy points. You need to get top running backs more so than you need to get top running backs top receivers but receivers there's some depth running backs not so much like we said it's shallow so i would go there receivers focus on target hogs we'll get to that in a minute and a little bit later but i i like to the strategy i like to utilize is is go for the guys that, that get the most targets and if you look at last year you know cooper cup was number one on the list deontay johnson He's injured right now, wide receiver for Steelers, but he was number two on the list. This is um, when I'm talking targets. I'm talking average targets per game played. Devontae Adams, number three, no surprise. Justin Jefferson. Then you had Keenan Allen, Stephen Diggs. DJ Moore may be a surprising one, but DJ Moore's got a new quarterback and Baker Mayfield in Carolina, so we'll see how that goes. Marquise Brown in Arizona. That's one that we'll get to that, but I, th- I think that's a sleeper. Maybe it's not a sleeper. Maybe it's pretty well known, but you know he's in Baltimore. Last year was a target hog, target hog. He's got a new you know new quarterback this year with Kyler Murray going to be in Arizona, but he could that could be a dynamic duo in Arizona between him and and Kyler Murray. Is so anybody in Arizona a sleeper pick? Yeah, well, yeah, I think Marquise could be. He's kind of overlooked oh, I, a little bit. How? Where is Marquise Brown on this average draft list? Let me see. Where where do we have him? Did I mention him? Yeah, he's 67. That's pretty that's pretty far down the list. There's a lot of receivers there, dude. Yeah. But if you that's look still at still top 100, that's still pretty solid. There's a lot of players here. Yeah, but he was ninth last year in average targets per game. And if you look at all the receivers that went before, he's he is way down the list. I mean, somewhere I've got the position here it is. I think he's 21st. I think he was the 21st receiver off the list. Hmm. So, you know, it's kind of a sleeper, right? A little bit. I do think, so I do think, you know, I, look, I think obviously Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, those are all great quarterbacks to pick, but there's a lot of other great quarterbacks that you can go get. You know, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray we just talked about or Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott you know there's quite a few quarterbacks that are going to do well from a fantasy perspective and so that you can pick up later rounds so I'd you know a strategy I'd use is and did use is pick up running backs and receivers early wait to get a quarterback till later in the in the rounds and uh let's see so here's a couple of sleepers I think one is I would say what and I can't believe I'm saying this as a Broncos fan but watch the Raiders. 
I definitely think the Raiders are sleeping. They got better on defense. Remember, they added Chandler Jones, a defensive uh, lineman. He's matched up with Max Crosby. Remember Max with the extra X? He was born. He was so big when he was born, his mom gave him an extra X in his name. But the two of those on opposing sides of the line probably going to wreak havoc on teams' offensive lines. I mean, Max Crosby was a beast last year. Now you give him Chandler Jones on the other side where maybe he can't be double teamed and checked as much and, you know, stuff like that. So, plus they got Devontae Adams. Remember, Adams played in college with Derek Carr. Don't forget they have Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in the league. And here's a sleeper pick, Hunter Renfro. People don't realize it, but he was a he was an absolute stud last year. Where's that target data? So he was there. He is probably in top thirty average targets per game. Derek Carr liked to feed him a lot. Averaged seven and a half targets a game. Um, had a great season. Now his that's gonna you know the question there is there's a you know Devonte Adams is also a target. Devonte Adams in Green Bay last year had the third most targets at 10 and a half over 10 and a half per game so a lot you know and waller as well darren waller was kind of a, a target hog he was up there he averaged eight and a half targets a game so between the three of them last year that was what 16 20 26 almost 27 targets which would be 27 passes to just those three so it's Something's gonna. That's the only sort of, I guess, from a fantasy perspective with Hunter Renfro. The only downside is, is he gonna lose some target share now with Devonte Adams being there? But I think he's a potential sleeper to watch, and I think the Raiders in general I actually think Derek Carr as a quarterback is a sleeper to watch because uh, Derek Carr is. Let's see, where is he? He's far down the list, number thirteen, I think. The average draft, or as far as quarterbacks go, he's been thirteenth. It's it's probably that's actually probably not a bad when you look at the quarterbacks that are ahead of him, but he could be one of those where you could pick him up really late because he's probably not going to be targeted by a lot of people, and from a fantasy point perspective, he'll probably be competitive, and then that gives you an opportunity to pick up some other players higher in the higher rounds of the draft or the earlier rounds of the draft, I should say, and put your team in a better position to win so yeah Derek I think the Raiders in general as a team are a sleeper I mean I would think so I mean they had a I feel like they're gonna be better this year I don't they should be although like I don't know if I would even call them a sleeper like I just feel like they're gonna be pretty solid yeah they were already they literally made the playoffs last year they did remember that that was an epic game between them and San Diego the last game of the season another one this isn't really a sleeper uh, and he is the fourth quarterback off the list in terms of average draft, and that's Lamar Jackson. But we've talked about before, I love players in a contract year. Yeah. He has uh, chosen to be in – they weren't able to get a contract together to extend him, so he's in a contract year. I, you know, I think Lamar Jackson could have a decent year. Now, the, now he does lose Marquise Brown, but that opens it up. It's okay. He's a running quarterback. So. He's a running quarterback, and that opens it up for – Rashad Bateman. Remember, Rashad Bateman was the big-time receiver they drafted, I think, last year. Then he was injured for most of the year. Came in maybe for the back half of the season for a few games. Started to do pretty well towards the end of the season. So Rashad Bateman could be a sleeper in the wide receiver side. I don't know. I'm trying to look. Where is he going in terms of average draft position? I'm not sure he's even – let's see, where do I have him? Rashad Bateman. 
Yeah, he's looks like twenty in the top twenty-five, twenty-third among receivers, but typically down around maybe eighty-eight or ninety in terms of the average draft position. So he could be a sleeper uh, with Lamar Jackson being in a contract year. And then um, what else? I would look at you know Travis Etienne. There's a potential sleeper running back. Now that's a tough one because I'm not sure you know they have James Robinson. I don't know, but Robinson's been hurt. Remember, ETN played with Lawrence in college. He was out last year because of injury. So this is really going to be his first year there. They got a new coaching staff, you know. And if you're in a PPR league, which is points per reception, if you're in one of those leagues, he could be a great one because he's a great third. Who knows? I don't know how you know Jacksonville's going to use him with James Robinson. It depends on how on if James Robinson's healthy, but certainly would be used as a third down back, if not more than that. And so it could be one of those that gets quite a few receptions and you know maybe some a few rushing attempts each game as well but early in the season with if Robinson's out he's going to probably carry load and if he starts doing well you know if there's that chemistry between him and Lawrence he could be an interesting one to take a look at because he's not really going high on the draft boards Uh, in fact I think he's generally been like 14th in terms of running backs off the board so he's one to potentially look at. Um, also, don't sleep on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in Kansas City. You know, he doesn't have a huge amount of competition. Probably going to be the featured back. Remember Tyreek Hill now in Miami. So they could rely on the run maybe a little bit more. And he's a good back, so he could be an interesting one. And he's one that has kind of fallen down in average draft rankings i'm looking see yeah he's not even i'm looking at the list here i don't even see him in the top there he is average uh, draft position is 70th Hmm. so he's potentially one to take a look at cd lamb now he's been injured so i'm not sure he needs to be healthy but if he stays healthy i'd expect him to have a big year and look everyone's talking about jerry judy with the broncos and i agree he's got a chance to have a big year with russell wilson as quarterback there but also watch Cortland sutton Cortland sutton was an absolute beast before he injured his uh, tore his acl he was out for a year came back last year was a little you could tell a little tentative. still had a great year but a little tentative you could tell wasn't kind of you know as strong as he's been but as the season wore on he got better now he's got russell wilson as the quarterback and he's a big strong physical receiver he's got some speed too so Cortland sutton's one to watch and then javante williams with the broncos the running back there now he's going to be sharing time with melvin gordon so that's the only downside but man javante williams is an absolute beast i expect again the key with all these people is staying healthy that's one of the big keys in the nfl but if he stays healthy i expect a big year from javante williams i would actually use Javante Williams as a as a running back one or running back two and in fact I think I did draft him as my number two running back in one of my teams and because I'm I think you're going to have a, a big year with him what else who, who you got who you think is going to be a sleeper or a bust I don't really think any I don't have any busts you don't I don't know enough about this to really know any sleepers I'm going to be honest um I mean I feel like there's not like Anybody that like stands out as a sleeper that you haven't already said to me. Like, well, here's here's a couple on the receiver side. Darnell Mooney, he may be one to watch in Chicago. He had a nice chemistry with Justin Fields, and he was a target hog with Justin Fields last year. 
And so he could be one to watch, a little bit of a sleeper there. Or Michael Pittman Jr. in Indy. He also is a target hog for Indy, and uh, he's probably going to be the number one wide receiver there. Remember, he's got Matt Ryan now who can sling the ball around, and you got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. So I would expect a good year from him. And then don't forget about Kyle Pitts, the tight end. Now, he's a tight end in Atlanta, and, you know, Atlanta's situation, not the greatest team. You do have Marcus Mariota at quarterback there. I don't know how good their offensive line is. I don't know how much is. that helps your case. Eh, Mariota's a good quarterback. He can throw the ball. Unproven, though. But the problem with Atlanta is I don't know how good their offensive line is, and so I don't know how much they're going to be able to protect Marcus and keep him healthy. However, having a good tight end like Kyle Pitts, I mean, he had a big season last year, and that was his rookie year, and so he's he's won. Look, everyone's also looking at A.J. Brown in Philly because he left Tennessee going to Philly, matched up with Jalen Hurts, but I wouldn't sleep on Devonta Smith in Philly. Last year, Devontae Smith was the number one receiver there. Had good chemistry with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, A.J. Brown probably takes some targets away. But if teams roll coverage to A.J. Brown, could open things up for Devonta Smith to have an even bigger year. That's interesting. Those are like two complete opposite wide receivers. Yeah. Like completely opposite. (laughs) Good Lord. Yep. Skinny and fast. And then one of those just like brute force receivers. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's interesting. Well, the same thing in Denver between, like, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's a big, strong receiver. Jerry Judy's kind of skinny and fast. Um, He's very quick. Then you also have uh, another potential. Here's another potential sleeper, Devontae Parker. He was in Miami last year. Really good receiver. He was in Miami last year. Now he's in New England. New England, you know, they do have Jacoby Myers, who was a target hog last year. But Devontae Parker historically has been a target hog himself. And so we'll see what kind of chemistry he can develop with Mac Jones. But he could be one to watch because they don't have, an, you know, I mean, Jacoby Myers had a good season, but they don't have a phenomenal receiving core. So he could end up getting a lot of looks go his way. And then in Kansas City, remember now that Tyree Kill's gone, you still have Kelsey there. But there's, you know, one guy that's going to be there again that, you know, is McCole Hardman. And he's one that doesn't really get looked at a lot. But if you look at some of the games towards the end of the season last year or the games that when Tyree Kill was out, McCole Hardman had big games. And so, yeah, they picked up. They got Juju Smith-Schuster. They've got some other receivers there. But I I wouldn't be surprised if McCole Hardman had a great season and uh, became, you know, the number one receiver there. We'll see. And then in Miami, let's talk about Miami because Tyree Kill, you know, expected to be. But don't forget about Jalen Waddell. Similar situation to Philly, right? Where A.J. Brown's the number one in Philly, Tyree Kill the number one in Miami. But the number two now was, you know, in Philly, Devonta Smith was the number one. Same thing in Miami. The number two now with Jalen Waddle was the number one. So depending on how defenses play against Tyree Kill, you know, double team roll coverage that way could open some things up for Jalen Waddle. He could be in for a big year and benefit from Tyree Kill being there. Just kind of depends on how good of a year Tua has, to be honest. Uh, but he had good chemistry with Tua last year. And then another a sleeper tight end that I really like. I think he's one of the best tight ends in the league, to be honest. Doesn't get talked to, you know. He gets sort of overshadowed by Kelsey and then, you know, Mark Andrews in, uh, in Baltimore and, of course, Kyle Pitts in, in Atlanta, George Kittle in San Francisco, Waller in, in Vegas. But I think uh, Mike Gesicki 
in Miami, Mike Kosicki with the Dolphins. Now, again, one of the challenges is there's a, you know, you got Waddle, you got Tyreek Hill, so you're going to be fighting to get balls thrown your way. But Gasicki's an absolute stud as a tight end, and, and that's one another one of those scenarios where with Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill, if Gasicki gets matched up against linebackers, I mean, he's he's pretty fast and he's got some size, so he, he could end up – that could, you know – that could open some things up for him. That's why Kelsey usually kills you. Exactly. So exactly. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Gasicki could be the new Kelsey, right? With given what Tyreek Hill, how Tyreek Hill benefited him in Kansas City. That's one to take a look at. He is def he's one I targeted. I picked him up as a tight end on, on a couple of different of my teams. Um, did we talk about Josh Jacobs for the Raiders? Uh I don't for the think running so. back for the Raiders. He's another one that's uh I would target him. He is he's a good running back. And again, I think the Raiders are going to have a pretty good offense this year. And with the weapons they have on the receiving side with Hunter Renfro and we already mentioned Waller, Devontae Adams, you know, not going to be able to stack the box against them, which could open some things up for Josh Jacobs. He's not really now if you're in a PPR league, Josh Jacobs probably not the greatest cuz he doesn't catch a lot of balls. He's mostly a runner, but he is the the running back, the RB one, as they say in 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 Vegas. There's there's no one else taking those snaps, and so when they get inside the ten yard line or around the goal line, he's the one busting it, you know, punching it into the end zone, scoring touchdowns. So if you're in a non PPR league, he's a fantastic running back to have, and I think even in a PPR league because he's just gonna he's gonna get a lot of touches, and so he's he's another one that's maybe not on the top of a lot of people's lists but I think one to potentially watch and take a look at. All right. Well, you don't have any hot takes? No busts? I don't have any hot takes, no. Come on, you got to have something. Why do I have to have a hot take? A bu- like who do you think's going to not ha- who do you think's going to underperform? I'll give you mine, Mac Jones. I disagree. You disagree? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's why we give them these takes. Give me they're going to be proven to be really stupid or really smart or lucky whatever but yeah i think mac jones is going to be a bust this year i actually think the patriots are going to be a bust Mm. i think they could the only reason i think they don't finish last in their division is because the jets sorry new york jets fans my apologies but i just everybody thought the patriots were going to suck last year too and then they didn't i know but i just don't see it why i mean well for a couple we talked what was that one game i'm trying to remember the game when they won the game but mac jones what threw like three passes or something yeah i mean i just i don't think they're going to be able to win Dude, as like long that. as they have bill belichick what do you mean what? well keep in mind and defensive, mac jones is a great quarterback he well he surprised everybody and like he's a he plays like a vet but where is weapons he doesn't have a lot of great weapons yeah, nothing really changed that much well, it, what changed is it's a sophomore season, and there's th- such a thing as a sophomore slump. Now, there's the sophomore also, slump. So there's also such a thing as not a sophomore slump. There is, but here's the thing. Here's you don't what, really see that that here, often, honestly. Yeah, but here's my take on the sophomore slump. It's not so much the player slumps. It's the fact that coaches now have a year's worth of tape to scout and, and prepare and game plan and strategize. So now defensive coordinators. Tape, I mean, he was like the – he was – he was the he did win a national championship. He they did. had a lot of tape to go off of. I know, but 
But Bama I think quarterback, the fact a lot of that Bama he's teams smart. That to me, the fact that he's smart and like is, is a good leader, and his team trusts him already, is like huge. Yeah. No, I don't disagree so, with that. I don't disagree with that. I just think like that that's just setting you up for success. Now that defensive coordinators have had a year of tape to look at and to game plan for him and understand his tendencies and all those kinds of things, that's where the second year is where you really kind of prove. Okay, was that a you know, is that something that can be repeated? or I think with Bill Belichick it is. Yeah. Especially because he's going he's gonna to be on him. If he's not going to be, like, preparing for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, we'll find About out. just, like, being smart. We'll find out. The other, thing, the other thing that I would say is a bust is, and I would not draft, is any New England running back. Man. <laughs> any Patriot running tough. back. No, here's the reason, though. Any, and anyone that's played fantasy for any length of time will know. Like, and part of it's because of Bill Belichick. He does not. They don't really run, do they? No, they run, but he does not stay with one running back from game to game. Like it in any given game, it could be one of three or four different. You never know which running back's going to have the big game. Like it's become, it's almost impossible to predict which running back he's going to feed the ball to that's going to have a big game. And so there's never one running back. That, good for the, good for their team, I guess. Not it's good, good for, for their fantasy, team, but it's not good for so. fantasy. That's right, exactly. So, and by the way, I, the Buffalo Bills running backs would be another one I would avoid. And they played last night, and you know, same thing. They've got a few of them, right? Singletary and Ma, a few different ones. So they don't have just one that's going to play all the time. But the other thing is obviously the Bills are a pass-heavy offense. Yeah. Now, if they're blowing teams out then maybe they're going to run the ball a little more. But I would generally tend to avoid the Bills running backs. And another one that I would avoid would be Jets wide receivers. <laughs> Again, apologies to New York Jets, Jets fans. Jets players. Yeah. But Joe Flacco is going to be the quarterback for the first three games of the season. That's not good. I speak from experience. We had Joe Flacco in Denver for a period of time, and it was not good. And then, you know, we'll see when Zach Wilson gets back. We'll see. So I would avoid Jets receivers. Again, could be totally wrong about that. Um, another another hot take I have, I would avoid uh, Matthew Stafford. Fair. Super Bowl winning quarterback. I would avoid him, though. And look, he did, and, and this is, we have someone could say, well, you got the benefit of, yes, last night's game. Because, yeah, he didn't have a great game last night. But that's Stafford, right? He always... He's always had bad games like that. So I, I'm not. I'm not expecting him to have like some terrible season. They got a great team. He's a good quarterback. They got a great coach. Um, he's got a lot of weapons. But I just, I'm just, I'm not high on Matthew Stafford. He can throw the ball at Cooper Cup though. Yeah. So he can. I don't know what how that works with fantasy, but and you pick up Cooper Cup, not Matthew Stafford. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, so the other one that's I don't think it's going to be a bust per se. But I do think it's one that I would I'm the jury's out for me, and that's Tua in Miami. I, I just don't know. You know, he's got all these weapons. This is the this is the show me year for him. Because now he's got all the weapons, right? Now he's got he's got Waddle, he's got Tyreek, he's got Kasicki, he's got all he's got some running backs too. And and by the way, Miami running backs, they've also got a it's a you know, running back by committee situation there, so I'd probably try to avoid that a little bit. I think, is it Mostert or, Mostert or whatever his name is? Is he the – he's one that – I think he's on Miami. Am I right about that or am I wrong about that? Mm. Is he, was he on the 49ers? Yes. 
He was. I'm not sure if he was moved or not. And I think he's with Miami now. Yep, he is. He's on Miami. So normally I would say he could be a sleeper, but I just don't know about, one, if he can stay healthy, and two, if if he's going to get enough touches because they've kind of got a committee running back by committee situation there. But this, But going back to Tua, this is the show-me year for Tua. With all those weapons, if he can't, produce something significant and by the way Miami has a fantastic defense that's another one I would definitely target if you don't get the Bills defense I would target Dolphins defense in probably the top five I think they've got a really good defense and look at the division they're in right yeah they're gonna have to face the Bills twice but I'm not too concerned about them with the Patriots or the Jets so Miami uh defense is going to be a good one and so yeah so this is the year for two if he can't produce and get the Dolphins into the playoffs this year I don't know. I would say I would say that would be a bust if he doesn't get them into the playoffs. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I feel like they'll make the playoffs. but So here's a couple other sleeper quarterbacks for you. Now, I don't know that these are great for fantasy per se. Well, one could be. But the jury's out on this one. But this could be – so Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville could be an interesting year for him. New coaching staff. Travis Etienne's back. Got some other weapons there. Could be an interesting year for him. He didn't play horribly last year. And then the other one is Matt Ryan, veteran in Indy. He's got a nice offensive line in front of him. Didn't have that kind of offensive line in Atlanta. Now he's got that front of him in Indy. He's got some, you know, got a great running back in Jonathan Taylor. You know, got Michael Pittman on the receiving side. Doesn't probably have as great a receiving core as he had in Atlanta for many years, but still, he could be one. They could put up some numbers. Cause, and remember, he was always great in the Dome, right? And what do they play in Indy? In the Dome. So he could it could be an interesting one. And then Carson Wentz, he's not a popular one. But Washington, you know, they got, they got a good coach. <laughs> and they've got some decent running backs. They got and Terry McLaurin. I mean, they got some fantastic receivers. And so... That could be, he could be an interesting one too. Could be a fresh start. We'll see. I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, high on yeah. Washington. <laughs> I'm not high on Washington, but I'm just saying. I'd rather see Heineke. I'm just saying they have a good coach. They've got some players. Could potentially be a comeback year for Carson Wentz, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not betting. Put it this way: I didn't draft him, I didn't, but but he could be an interesting one to watch. What a, oh, hey, Gabe Davis is a receiver, and now he had a big game last night, and Stephen Diggs had the big game. Stephen Diggs, obviously, number one, but if you want to, you know, again, Stephen Diggs might get coverage rolled his way, see a lot of double teams, everything else. Gabe Davis could be one because Buffalo's going to be slinging the ball all over the field, and he could be an interesting wide receiver to pick up. And then I've got a, I've got a, um, a take I know you're not going to like. What? I think Tom Brady – stayed one year past his welcome. So that's what everybody says. They do? I didn't, that's what I feel like it's everybody said it for like the past two years. Well, for the past two years. I don't know that I've heard anybody say it this year. I'm sure people are saying it this year. They said it for the past two years, they're going to be saying it this year. Clearly, you're saying it. Yeah. So, But I haven't heard anyone else say it. I don't know. It's because they're too busy talking about whether or not he's on the Masked Singer. Yeah. And the problem, family, if potential family issues or whatever. But now the only thing about him, he doesn't have a lot of competition in the NFC South, right? I mean, Atlanta, the Saints, we'll see. 
jury's out on those two teams. Carolina, with they could be interesting if McCaffrey stays healthy. Baker Mayfield has a good year. Carolina could definitely be some competition for them. But generally speaking, Tampa Bay's in kind of a weak division. So maybe that's the the thing that helps him out. But I don't know. I just Maybe it's just a hunch, but I, I feel like Brady's going to have a down year. I don't know. Although he is matched up he's with who? He's going to be solid. He's, I think yeah, I mean, they have Godwin. They got Mike Evans. He's got Julio Jones. There's another potential. Like he's Brady's done well when he gets matched up with veteran receivers that were studs in their prime. Julio Jones is one of those. And Mike Evans has had some injury issues, but as did Godwin last year. But so yeah, I mean, he's got a really good receiving core. They've got a good team. But I don't know. There's something that I just kind of feel like maybe it's one year past his welcome in the league. I don't know, man. You're just saying that because he came out of retirement again? No. It just feels that way to me. Hmm. Now, in that division, there's an interesting one. Marcus Mariota that we talked about in Atlanta, and then Jameis Winston in New Orleans. It's kind of interesting. Oh, Jameis. It's kind of interesting to have those two quarterbacks starting for their teams in the same division because Jameis and Marcus were the number one and number two draft picks. Jameis Winston went number one. Marcus went number two in 2015. Of course, Jameis went to Tampa. Marcus also, went Brady, to Tennessee. Yeah, Brady took Jameis's spot. So, yeah, and both of them, both of them came out of the gate like gangbusters in their first year. They both had pretty decent first years, and then it kind of went all downhill from there. I don't know. If J- Jameis is not downhill necessarily. Wow, <laughs> it's like so wild, man. I don't know. He hasn't been starting. It's so wild. Let's see if he can have another year where he ties his touchdown passes for interception. Yeah, exactly. The other hot take I would say is Josh Allen. Look, he's going to have a fantastic season, I think. But don't panic if he has if he struggles in the first half of the season. I know he had a great game against Los Angeles last night, but man, their schedule is tough. And by the way, bringing back to sports cards, his sports cards have also taken off. I mean, they are they are high. And we, we talk about new records that his cards are setting every week. And so I'd be a little cautious on his cards right now because there's a ton of hype in his stuff. And look at this schedule in the first seven games. Of course, they had the Rams last night. He had a great game. Good, good for him. But then now he's got to go face the Titans, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Packers. Those are the next. Those are their first seven games. Now six I feel left. Like only like maybe two or three of those are like actually – gonna be like a huge threat though those are all good defenses though maybe except yeah. for the chiefs the chiefs don't like have... i feel like he's gonna do fine against those but you got i mean remember the titans beat the bills last year the chiefs beat the bills yeah but like he had great games i'm just saying if he doesn't have as great of a you know if he's not having as great of a first half of the season as people thought and based on where his card values are I wouldn't necessarily be overly concerned. You just got to remember he is facing a tough schedule. It gets a little easier for them once you get past those first seven games. No game is easy in the NFL, but still, relatively speaking. And I think Arizona may be the team to beat in the AFC, or excuse me, in the NFC West. Kind of probably hinges on what happens with the 49ers and their quarterback position. Looks like they're going Trey Lance. I feel like that's a tough situation in in San Francisco, so... I think Arizona could be the team to beat. And, again, Arizona has a ton of weapons. But Arizona – remember, Arizona comes out hot every year. Last couple years they've come out, been, you know, just going gangbusters, and then they've tailed off toward the end of the season. So the test for Arizona will be 
not what happens in the first eight games or nine games, but what happens in the last. Remember, it's now 17-game season, used to be 16. So what happens in the last you know, few weeks of the season. And I may be biased, but I think the AFC West is the toughest division. Obviously, I'm a Bronco fan, homer alert. But look at that division with the Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders. We already talked about the Raiders and how much better they've gotten, and they were a playoff team last year. I mean, what more do we need to say about the Chiefs? The, the Chargers were, you know, one game out. That, that game against the Raiders was a playoff game, essentially. They won it. They would have been in the playoffs. They got Justin Herbert, fantastic quarterback, a lot of weapons on that team. Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen. They got a good defense. And then, of course, everyone knows about the Chiefs, right? And then now the Broncos. Broncos are loaded. Broncos have a ton. Broncos have had a ton of talent for a number of years. Their problem is they have not had good quarterback play. But you look at their skilled positions, like we talked about. They got Javante Williams. You got Cortland Sutton. You got Jerry Judy. They're going to have KJ Hamler back. Now, it stinks that Tim Patrick went down, he was a stud. But they've got Melvin Gordon behind Javante. And then they got uh, Obi-Wan. I call him Obi-Wan because I can't pronounce his last name, the tight end. Can you pronounce that name? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> it's uh, see if I can do my best. Albert Okubugnam. I, I just call him Obi-Wan. I, I'm, I'm a Bronco fan, and I don't know. I need to learn. I need to, like, practice and, and learn how to pronounce his name. But I call him Obi-Wan. But he's a good tight end. So the Broncos are loaded on the skill position, have a good defense. Although I am a little curious, I, it, it you know losing Fangio on the defensive side. I know he was the head coach, but obviously had a lot of influence over the defense. So a little nervous about that. But we do have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball. So really good team. And now you throw Russell Wilson into that mix. That should be a really good team. So that's a tough, tough division. I, I actually think that is the toughest division in the league. Where else? What else we got? I have a lot. It's interesting. I, I, I put down some card values for each of the different positions based on their ranking in the draft to kind of compare. So we're running a little long. We don't, don't want this to be a long show. So maybe we'll save this and we'll do this as just part of our film study because we're going we're gonna to be doing NFL talk come, you know, over the next, what, 17, 18 weeks as the season gets underway. So maybe we'll save some of this and do it then. But it is, it's pretty interesting. And a lot of the stuff we talked about, some like like Derek Carr is an example. He has he is one of the you know lowest card values among all of those. Matt Ryan, another one, one of the lower card values among all those players. Even among some of the players that haven't even done anything yet, like say Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Anyway, it's kind of inter- There's some interesting things that jump out at you in terms of when you start looking at the comparison of quarterbacks who've got years and years of high performance and, and, you know, like say an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Russell Wilson or a Dak Prescott um, or a Matt Ryan, and then you compare that to some of the other quarterbacks who really have only been in the league for a year or two or if in some cases not even that, and you look at where their card value is at, it's kind of interesting. So we'll we'll save that because we're running long on time, but – it's um, something we'll touch on. Do we want to talk about? Do we want to do the portfolio? What do you think on what, that? What do you mean? Isn't that like the same thing that you just? We were gonna. We talked about maybe establishing a fantasy card portfolio, and the the challenge with doing this, we we're gonna. I was gonna do it. Take about two thousand dollars, give or take, and and put it across. In this case, I picked eighteen different players 
and cards, and three of which I would short sell, meaning I, I would bet they're going to go down, 15 of which I would buy, betting they're going to go up. But in order to do this the right way um, and have, you know, we needed cards that had high transaction volume so we could get good pricing. We also wanted the pricing to be valid, and so they had to be in card ladder. And so that, that changed some things. Like, for example, couldn't buy, I would have been interested in Javante Williams or Najee Harris in Pittsburgh or Kyle Pitts or Gasecki, some of those players we talked about, but they're not in card ladder yet. They're only in the sales history. They don't have validated sales, so I couldn't put them in the mix. But so that was one of the criteria. The other criteria was had to have high transaction volume because we were I was using at least three sales transactions within the past week. There had to be at least three within the past week, and I'd use the average of those three sales to determine the price that I would buy and or sell at. And, and as a result of that, it meant having to go more towards lower value cards because obviously the higher value cards tend to not transact as much and so had to kind of shift more to the lower value cards so it could be interesting but here so here's what i did so i'm just going to short sell mac jones short sell joe burrow short sell josh allen now i'm not short selling joe burrow and josh allen because i don't think they're going to do well it's more because i just think their cards are their card values are a little overvalued relatively speaking on the long side i'm going long cooper cup Christian McCaffrey, CeeDee Lamb, Russell Wilson, Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Adams, Vaughn Miller, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton, Derek Carr, Debo Samuel, Josh Jacobs, and Aaron Donald. So I got a nice mix of receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, and a couple of defensive players in Aaron Donald and Vaughn Miller. I'm doing rookie cards on all of these players. And... I tried to, again, tried to go, most of these cards are going to be the lower value cards. So the pricing on these tends to be, you know, in the, as low as 30 or $40 um, to upwards of maybe a hundred to a couple hundred dollars. I think the most expensive one is the Josh Allen one that I'm actually going to short sell. I, I picked his 2018 Don Russ optic and the last three sales have averaged just short of $540. That's the most expensive card on the list. I'm actually short selling it, meaning I'm it's betting I'm betting it's going down. So we that's all we'll do. Well, I'll just I'll mention that. I'll, what we'll do is I'll put this together. I'll post it, and so everyone can see what we bought, what we short sold, what cards and of which players, and then we'll track this over the season. We'll see how well we do, and we can we the, the rules are we can transact. We if if something goes up in value, we can sell it. The key is. There has to have been at least three transactions within the past week, and then we'll take the average of those three to be the price at which we sell it at in the case of something we bought, or if it's a short sale, meaning we're betting it's going down, we have to buy it back. Um, that'll be the rules of it. We'll, like I said, we'll, we'll have some fun with it. We'll put, um, I'll put some social media posts together, and we'll kind of track it. We'll see how we do. All right. All right. Well, do we have anything else? I don't think so. Who's, who would be your picks? Who's your top quarterback? My top quarterback? Yeah. Josh Allen. Who would be your top running back? Derrick Henry. Nice. Wide receiver? Uh, Cooper Cup. Like, like obvious like obvious things. Tight end. Uh, did Gronk retire again? Yeah, uh, he did. All right. Well, I don't think I know enough tight ends. Kelsey? I would say Kelsey, but I don't know that he's going to. Well, no, yeah, no, Kelsey, because they got Juju now, right? Yep. Yeah, I'll go Kelsey. They do have Juju. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Those are all 
good picks. All right, well, that's it then. We'll wrap it up. That'll be the show for today. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, we were just, you know, figured we'd talk a little football. We haven't done that for a while. And looking forward to the football season getting started. Good luck to everyone in your fantasy leagues this year. And, um, Brandon, I guess take us out. All right, yeah. Um, thank you to everybody who tuned in today. Um, spending your time with us. Hope you guys enjoy the special edition of our show. Let us know what you thought. We do want to hear that feedback. Also, remember to follow us on, on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll also post updates about the card portfolio and other moves we make uh, for the fantasy team throughout the season. Yeah, help spread the word for us. Tell your family and friends about us. Encourage them to listen to the show and follow us on your favorite podcast outlet. And so that'll be it. Show number 49 in the books, the special edition show, fantasy football show. Some card value, not a lot. But thanks again, everyone. We'll be back next Friday with what we hope will be the fourth and final part of our local card shop owner series, trying to get the schedules matched up on that one. It'll be at the same normal time next Friday, same place here on the 615 Collector.